Welcome to You Can Read the Bible. My name is Matt Carter. This is a brief lesson on the background and, and storyline to the book of Isaiah. Now, Isaiah is one of the most familiar books of the Old Testament, yet Isaiah can also be very hard to understand. We're probably really familiar with the verses in Isaiah that we read during Advent or we might hear in classical music. Holy, holy, holy is something that we're very familiar with, but maybe the other parts of Isaiah that are in between those familiar verses, those might be hard to get. There's a lot of reasons for that. One of them is that Isaiah is a collection of poetry and prophecy, and that genre difference alone makes Isaiah harder to interpret than a straightforward narrative like, say, First Kings. But in addition to this unfamiliar genre difference, the book of Isaiah uses so many references and assumes so much about earlier parts of the Old Testament that just about everyone who reads it has this sense that they don't fully grasp its message. And in this way, Isaiah is a little like a T.S. Eliot poem. So if, if I read an Eliot poem like Gerontion, I can get the sense of despair and isolation that it provokes. There's a lonely, passionless old man who's narrating the poem, and this is depressing. All right, that much I can get on my own. But without a lot of study and knowledge of British literature, I know that there's a lot of words and references in this poem that I don't really understand. After all, there are references to characters and events in books I've never read. There's words and languages I don't speak. What these references and words mean, I don't know until someone explains them to me. Well, Isaiah's a little like this. If I've never read through the law, then I would never get the connection between idolatry and social injustice that Isaiah references in the opening chapters. I would also not realize that the treatment of orphans, widows, and sojourners by a society and its rulers so very powerfully signifies the state of their hearts towards the Lord. In the same way, if I'm not familiar with the history in First and Second Kings, I won't understand the issues facing Israel that Isaiah references. So given their importance, this lesson is just a brief overview of that background material. This is the stuff that Isaiah's original hearers and readers would have had in their minds as he spoke and wrote to them. So for historical context, I want to point out a few sort of highlights of what's going on. So Isaiah lived in Jerusalem about a decade before the northern kingdom fell. Now remember, Israel itself was divided into a northern and a southern kingdom. The northern kingdom was often called Israel, and the southern kingdom was known as Judah. Isaiah was in Judah's capital, Jerusalem, and he, but he spoke as a prophet to the, of the Lord to both of these kingdoms. Now the northern kingdom fell to Assyria, we know in 722 B.C., you can read more about the background history of this uh, falling in 2 Kings chapters 17 through 23. Now, the first half of Isaiah, chapters 1 through 39, they deal directly with this time and place. And it'll, it'll help you with your reading of Isaiah if you have at least the rough outlines of this history in mind when you read through Isaiah. So that's the 2 Kings chapters 17 through 23. Now, the second half of Isaiah, chapters 40 through 66, those refall, <clears throat> excuse me, those refer to the fall of the southern kingdom to Babylon. And that took place, we know, in 586 BC. Remember, in, in BC times, the smaller number is the later time, sort of backwards of the way dates work now. So in, in between chapters 39 and 40 is about a span of 150 years of history. And you could read more about this background history in 2 Kings chapters 23 and 25. Well, when Judah fell to the Babylonians, the, the, the people in the city of Jerusalem, they were marched out of their homeland to dwell in exile within Babylon. Now, the time period for this 
uh, part of Isaiah is the is this exile period, and and so Isaiah is writing roughly people think in the 530s BC. So big time difference between the first half and the second half of Isaiah, and the first half of Isaiah is referencing the fall of Israel or the northern kingdom to Assyria. Second half is really about the exile after the fall of Jerusalem, and this exile happened in the conquering nation of Babylon. So that's the historical context. Now, the narrative context to this, in addition to that historical setting, is to remember the, the sort of even just the highlights of Israel's history that precede Isaiah. So remember back in Genesis 22, Abraham and his family are called out by the Lord to be a blessing to all nations. And, and as his family grew, right, remember they're um, enslaved in Egypt, and then they were rescued by the Lord, right, that's the sort of the first uh, 18 chapters of Exodus. Then they were taken to the foot of Mount Sinai, where they received the Mosaic Law, Ten Commandments, and, and the first six chapters of, of Exodus chapter 19, they were again told to follow the Lord, keep the covenant, and be a blessing uh, to all the nations, now we know from you know the the other histories uh, like Joshua and Judges that they massively failed at keeping the covenant, um, and and then in the subsequent histories in First and Second Samuel, we learn about uh, them trying a king, first Saul and then uh, David, but that even David, the man after God's own heart, failed at faithfully keeping the covenant. But in Second Samuel chapter seven. The Lord promises that a faithful king will arise, lead Israel towards faithfulness, and rule over the nations forever. So that's the, the big grand backstory to Isaiah. And, and so Isaiah's hearers and readers, they're anticipating this promised king from David's lineage who will fulfill all of these ancient promises. That is their expectant hope. Now they don't know the details. But those with faith in the Lord's promises are waiting for a message on this from Isaiah. That's the background and anticipation that come when you open the first chapter of Isaiah. Now, the storyline to Isaiah is, is pretty simple. It's repeated throughout Isaiah. Israel is sinning. And, and, and the book of Isaiah opens with some significant descriptions of that. But it's also... Um, important to remember that that sin doesn't go unnoticed. Okay, so Israel's sin leads to divine justice, and this divine justice comes through uh, Israel's neighbors, uh, Assyria and Babylon. Now, this is a little bit of a weird thing. Somehow, as a result, through and after that divine justice comes the restoration of Israel. And there's a new king named Emmanuel who will not only restore Israel, but lead the whole world, all of creation, to peace. So this storyline of justice and hope is repeated and fleshed out throughout Isaiah. He calls out sin, primarily by identifying injustice and idolatry. He prophesies that the nations surrounding Israel will be the instruments of the Lord's justice. Israel is going to be like a tree that is chopped down and then burned. But out of this charred stump, somehow, will emerge a new branch that will restore Israel. A new king, who is also the chief servant of the Lord, will suffer for and lead Israel to restoration and peace on earth. There is both justice for Jerusalem 
and hope for a new Jerusalem. This theme is repeated and fleshed out throughout Isaiah. I hope you enjoy reading Isaiah. It's a fantastic story. It's the, he, Isaiah is the major of all the major prophets. Thank you for listening to You Can Read the Bible.